Top stories of the week. Australia's election is a selection worthy of rejection. Also, perverted scientists take a creepy photo of a black hole. All that plus more on News Weekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and this is News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. No matter who wins, we all lose news now. The Australian election continues to make a strong argument for lifetime dictatorships as election campaigning between the major parties reminds Australians just how shit their choices are. If your political leaders are a reflection of who you are, then Australians are basically a bunch of mediocre middle-aged white men in ill-fitting pants. Both the shabbily suited men currently soft-knuckled fighting to be Prime Minister for the next three years, or at least until the next leadership spill, were ready to show off their keen intellect, silver tongues and polished charisma at not one but two leadership debates. See, televised debates have a long history of making and breaking election results. The most famous, of course, being the 1960 debate between Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy. It was the first televised debate in the world and it taught politicians some harsh lessons in presenting for TV, as explained in this short documentary from the Smithsonian Channel. JFK is prepped for his television appearance. The day before, he met with producers and discussed camera angles. He looks tanned and glowing. I don't want the talents of any American to go to waste. He is wearing a blue suit and shirt to reduce glare and stand out against the grey backdrop. No Nixon looks exhausted. He's straight from the campaign trail and is recovering from the flu. He also has a knee injury, making him appear uncomfortable and shifty. His grey suit and pale face appear to blend into the set. The visual contrast between the men damages Nixon. People listening to that debate on radio thought Nixon won because his arguments were better. But people watching on TV thought it was JFK because he looked better, thus preparing us for a world of soap operas and reality TV. So it was with ample preparation that both Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese walked onto the stage on Channel 9's debate in identical suits, equally dull ties, both wearing spectacles and each with a hairline racing away from their foreheads faster than their respective parties can run from responsible climate change policies. And then we saw the best of what both men had to offer. Now it doesn't make sure That's that renewables, we will you have it this years. year if we're elected. You've been hiding in the bushes. Realising there was still some Australians not yet contemplating blackout drinking, Scott Morrison then announced a policy guaranteed to win over real estate developers and short-sighted millennials with poor understanding of basic economics. And that's why a re-elected coalition government will allow first-home buyers to invest a responsible portion of their own superannuation savings into their first home. That's right. Now not only can you not afford to buy a house, but you can dip into your meagre superannuation to take out an amount that won't really get you much closer to buying that house you can never actually afford and thus destroy your chances at any financial security in old age. You get to be both broke and homeless in your retirement. Journalists asked Scott Morrison whether he'd actually thought carefully about this policy and he definitely convinced them of his careful thinking. Yeah, we have felt, felt um, thought very carefully about this policy. And when asked whether he's got proof that this will work, he said... I simply just don't agree with the assertion in the first place... No, no, the assertion that this would have a negative impact. 
which would be shocking if he also hadn't just claimed he'd never seen any evidence of corruption in his government. Never. No wrongdoing? No. Never happened in the Liberal Party at all? I haven't seen that, no. It's starting to make more sense now why it took him so long to acknowledge the fires in 2019, the pandemic in 2020, the need for vaccines in 2021, plus the rape allegations of Brittany Higgins or the fine print on the submarine contract with France, amongst other things. I think he's just wearing the wrong prescription glasses. It might be why, while playing soccer with a group of kids in Tasmania during a campaign stop, he accidentally ran into and over one of the kids, giving a straight shot of Viagra to every Australian journalist turned on by metaphors. When sure-footed defence fails, when stamina runs down, break out the bulldozer and flatten all before you. Politics can be a bruising sport. All over the pitch and all at odds with a campaign built around easing pain. As the self-confessed bulldozer goes on the charge for votes in Tasmania. And the Prime Minister will, of course, be hoping it's the only time he trips up in these last few days of the campaign. The one respite from the end of the election that we can all look forward to is no more campaign ads, which means you won't have to hear this from the Liberal Party anymore. There's a hole in your budget, dear Labour, dear Labour. Or this wordplay from Labour. Scott Morrison doesn't hold a hose, but he should have held a calculator. Basically, this election has shown that Labour may not be good at politics, but they're great at wordplay. Like this time, Scott Morrison admitted to coming in like a wrecking ball. I can be a bit of a bulldozer. Which gave Anthony Albanese an opening for wordplay worthy of a Herald Sun editor. Scott Morrison has today said he's a bulldozer. That is, a bulldozer wrecks things. A bulldozer knocks things over. At least, no matter who wins, we have a new dance track to weep to. It won't be easy under Albanese. There's a hole in your budget, dear Labour, dear Labour. Taxes are coming for taxes with Labour. There's a hole in your budget, dear Labour, dear Labour. Taxes are coming for taxes with Someone shove a democracy sausage in my ears. I'm done. I'm out. How are we still dealing with this racist bullshit news now? This week saw another mass shooting in America, this time in Buffalo, New York, where a white supremacist targeted the local black community, killing 10 people. Once again, one man's deep-seated racism and easy access to semi-automatic weapons have combined to deadly effect in America. 18-year-old Peyton Grendon drove for miles to reach this supermarket in a predominantly black neighbourhood of Buffalo. Heavily armed and dressed in tactical gear, he live-streamed his entire horrific attack. It was similar to the Christchurch shootings of 2019, where a white supremacist also live-streamed a racially motivated attack on two mosques, killing 51 people. And in 2018, when a gunman killed 11 people in a Pittsburgh synagogue. And like these attackers, the new one has also left behind a lengthy manifesto, blaming white replacement. Officials believe the gunman accused of the mass shooting in Buffalo was inspired by the, the white replacement conspiracy theory. Now, this is a baseless belief that white people are being slowly but intentionally replaced by minorities and immigrants. That's right. Apparently, the theory that every white person's racist drunk uncle at Christmas dinner believes in has now become mainstream. 
It started becoming prominent in the Charlottesville rally when white supremacists that Donald Trump insisted had good people in their ranks descended on my old college town, armed with tiki torches and slogans straight from the incel hentai message forums. The belief has deeply anti-Semitic roots, of course, because every stupid racist conspiracy theory in the world somehow has to connect to anti-Semitism. The idea has even been embraced by mainstream Republicans like Scott Perry, congressman from Pennsylvania. For many Americans, what seems to be happening or what they believe right now is happening is uh, what appears to them is we're replacing national-born American, native-born Americans per to permanently transform the political landscape of this very nation. Basically, the country built by immigrants is worried there's too many immigrants and that the immigrants aren't going to be white. It's based on the assumption that anyone white will vote Republican, which is ironically the most racist thing you can say about white people. And like anything racist, the theory has been promoted on Fox News, America's equivalent of Sky News After Dark. But imagine if Sky News After Dark was basically Sky News all fucking day long. Here's Tucker Carlson, who Andrew Bolt wishes he could be when he grows up. I mean, everyone wants to make a racial issue out of it. Ooh, the, you know, white replacement theory. No, no, no. This is a voting rights question. I have less political power because they're importing a brand new electorate. Why should I sit back and take that? And here he is again doubling down on the white replacement theory the day after the Buffalo shooting. Demographic change is the key to the Democratic Party's political ambitions. In order to win and maintain power, Democrats plan to change the population of the country. See, racists, real racists, never come out and say we have too many blacks and Jews and browns and Asians. They couch it in subtler language like, quote, demographic changes are being forced on us or, quote, our culture is under attack from foreign forces or, quote, we're being swamped by Asians. OK, that last one was Pauline Hansen, and she's too dumb to hide her racism. And if you think I'm being hyperbolic, here's Derek Black, a former white supremacist whose father started the neo-Nazi website Stormfront. Derek's since given up his racist ways, but here he is talking about his racist parents and their favorite racist TV show. And no, it's not Hey Hey, It's Saturday. My family watches Tucker Carlson's show once and then watches it on the replay because they feel that he is making the white nationalist talking points better than they have. And they're trying to get some tips on how to, how to advance it. And I know what you're thinking. That's America. They're all crazy over there. They love guns and fentanyl and paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for basic medicine while claiming they're the greatest democracy in the world, despite having one of the lowest voting populations in any democratic country. Of course they have mass shooting racists there. What's that got to do with Australia, though? Well, the Christchurch shooter may have committed his mass murders in New Zealand, but he was Australian. And our Sky News may not have Tucker Carlson, but it has had Lawrence Southern on many times. Lauren Southern is a Canadian white supremacist, which means she took the whole Great White North thing too literally. Lauren Southern is responsible for popularizing the white replacement theory before Tucker Carlson, constantly warning about the threat of multiculturalism in destroying the West. That's the problem. People don't actually know what multiculturalism is. In Canada, if you ask people, they'll tell you multiculturalism is people of different skin colors coming into Canada and then assimilating to the culture. That's not what it is. What multiculturalism means is literally multiple cultures in one area. Yes, and like much of the West, that isn't going to last for very long. We look at this and we say the multicultural experiment is working because it's been working for 20 years. 
that's not going to last. We are living off the fumes of greater civilizations. We are living off the fumes of Western culture. And once Western culture becomes the minority view in Western nations, you're not going to have that culture that values freedom of speech. You're not going to have that society that values rule of law. You're not going to have that society that values democracy. It is all about having at least more than 50% of your population that believes in Western culture and Western culture alone. Okay, Stormtrooper Bobby. First of all, multiculturalism has multiple meanings. One of the meanings is multiple cultures cohabiting within a nation's borders. Sure, other meanings are similar to the Oxford Dictionaries. The policy or process whereby the distinctive identities of the cultural groups within such a society are maintained or supported. Distinctive identities being maintained or supported. That's what's important here. And that's the most common meaning. Not lots of cultures, but the ability to maintain and support cultural plurality. That's a much bigger concept than a racist can maintain in their head, especially when they're busy making documentaries about a fictional genocide in South Africa against white farmers, which has been repeatedly debunked by any fact-checker with five minutes to spare. A documentary which, by the way, Peter Dutton was quoting for a while, which means Peter Dutton has white supremacist talking points. And secondly, just because immigrants are coming from non-Western countries doesn't mean democracy and free speech are under risk. The immigrants who come to Western nations come here because they like the democracy and free speech. If they hated it, they'd just stay in countries where there isn't any. Besides, Western society, like any society, never had that golden age that poorly read racists like Lawrence Southern are always imagining. There's always been challenges to free speech and democracy, and there's always been racists imagining hordes of non-white people coming over the horizon to take away that free speech and democracy. Except, you know what really kills free speech and democracy? Racists with guns walking into black neighborhoods, into synagogues, into mosques and killing innocent people because they believe in some bullshit white replacement theory. And despite this poorly disguised racism, somehow Lauren Southern keeps getting work on Sky News to push her anti-immigration panic. So much so that the Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce once even said, quote, I don't know who that person is, but I've economically and politically fallen in love with her. Which, given every time Barnaby Joyce falls in love with someone, they end up pregnant with his baby, Lauren Southern should be grateful it's economically and politically and not penisily. It's a word. Black hole, son. Won't you come? News now. In the ultimate act of voyeurism, scientists have finally managed to photograph a black hole. It's an incredible achievement, as explained in this BBC report. A black hole is usually a place in space where no light exists, making it all but impossible to capture on film. Much like your mama. Sorry, that didn't make any sense at all. I'm, I'm sure your mother is absolutely lovely. I don't know what came over me. Um, the photograph looks kind of like a glowing orange circular smudge, much like your mama's ass. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying. I'm really trying. Look, it's been a while since I've done these. I just got to get some of this out of my system. It's, here's the thing. Okay, it's actually really cool. It's a super massive black hole. And I promise I'm not going to make any more Yo Mama jokes, mostly because that one is too easy. It's got a diameter of 60 million kilometers. 60 million kilometers and sits at the center of our galaxy. This one is called Sagittarius A, which means it's like a total risk taker, but also really empathetic, you know? What's even cooler is just a few days before this, scientists were able to use a technique called sonification, which translates data into sound. And using astronomical data, they were able to tell us what a supermassive black hole sounds like. Honestly, it's kind of scary.
Okay, great. So there's a massive gravitational hole in the center of the galaxy that no light can escape from and it sounds like the damned calling to be released from hell. And if you keep listening, it actually gets scarier. In space, no one can hear your superannuation. Thank you so much for listening to News Weekly. If you like this podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Those kind of reviews and ratings, star ratings and stuff really help with the rankings. Uh, I don't know why the algorithm does that, but it does. So please do do that. Also, you can continue to support this podcast over at patreon.com slash samishah. That's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H. Content has been a little thin in the last few weeks because the comedy festivals and stuff. That's all over now, so I'm going to really start pumping out some good stuff over there. So head over to patreon.com slash If you want to find out any, about any of my upcoming shows, head over to thesamishah.com. I'm going to stop now selling things to you. Uh, thank you so much for listening to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly.